Welcome back to the Frustrated Fans. We're reventing frustrations, one fandom at a time. I'm Jeremy. I'm Pete. And today... I forced him to watch something he hates. Ah. (sighs) Let's see. You... So far, what have you done to me during this original podcast? It's like, hey, let's watch... Well, actually, Superman Brainiac Attacks was... You sent it to me, and I just watched it when we are... I'm going to rail on this. There was, hey, let's do Force Unleashed. Hey, let's do Aliens, Colonial Marines. Jingle all the way to, which I think that was a joint effort on that one. But Jesus Christ, we have, we found some garbage. But not compared to the garbage we have today. It was worse than this. This was not, I will admit this wasn't as bad as I was expecting. It wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Well, if you're curious what we're talking about, it's, Inuyasha. Yay. Why did I like this series back in the day? I don't know. I got over what? it. I got over it. That's the important <laughs> Yeah. This was uh, created by Rumiko Takahashi, who, whose other big famous anime was Ranma One Half, which was also super long. Uh, we're going to be discussing the first anime. We're not talking about the second anime. We're not talking about the, uh, the movie. We're not going to talk about the manga. Uh, the original anime run was in Japan was from October 16th, 2000 to September 13th, 2004, with a total of 167 episodes. Oh. Yep. Uh, in Japan, it was put out by Studio Sunrise, and in North America, it was licensed by Viz Media, which I don't know what else they have done. Yeah. So, is the big... Localization groups I'm familiar with are Genion, which I don't think is even around anymore. Um, Funimation, of course, and there, there's a couple other ones. But so from Wikipedia, Inuyasha, also known as Inuyasha: Feudal Fairy Tale, is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Rumiko Takahashi. Yeah. It premiered. Hmm? Go ahead. Okay, it premiered in. Weekly Shonen Sunday uh, in 1996 and concluded June 18th, 2008. So 12 years. And if you'll notice, the anime ends before the manga actually ended. We'll get to that. Yeah. Series follows Kagome Higurashi, a 15-year-old girl from Tokyo who is transported to the Sengoku period, which for anyone curious, that's basically feudal Japan during the like Nobunaga era, things like that. Um, you can look it up. There's plenty of anime and video games based around that time, including like the Samurai Warriors series. Uh, she fell into a well in her family shrine, and then she meets the half-demon Inuyasha. When a monster from that era tries to take the magical Shikan jewel embedded in Kagome, we'll get to that, she accidentally shatters the jewel into many, many pieces that are dispersed across Japan. So it's road trip time! Gotta catch them all, meme. Yep, pretty much. And that's the basic idea. That's about as far as we got into the third episode. Yeah. That's about all we could stand. Yep. So, Pete, what was your history with the show? Well, I remember catching it when it first premiered because Adult Swim was 
pimping the crap out of it with advertising. Um, but uh, I know. I hated that commercial. And it was be, it would be the kind of thing as I'm working on homework, like on during the when it got late in college, I'd have it on, but I didn't really watch it that big a deal. But <clears throat> I slowly began to realize how um, status quo the show was. And, uh, yeah, we need to discuss that. But I kind of gave up on it long before the end. And with good reason. Because, spoiler alert, I don't care if I, I spoil anyone here, but when the show ends, the finale settles nothing. Naraku yeah. hasn't been defeated. The jewel isn't put back together. And it, we are back. It, nothing has changed. Nothing end, ended. This series is a prime example of running on filler, but we'll get to that after Jeremy tells his history. So, I remember watching a little bit of it when it was originally on Adult Swim. At the time, I just didn't like it, and what annoyed me most was the freaking commercial, which was just like a string of the characters shouting, Edo Yasha! over and over and over again. And if you all remember, Adult Swim played like the same commercial 18 times in like an hour period, so, yeah, that got old really quickly. Uh, that's about it. I didn't watch it that much. I knew a couple friends that liked it. I haven't heard much about it. What I have heard from a couple people is negative stuff. Um, I have watched all of the anime adaptation of Takahashi's other series, Ranma One Half, which, tell me if this sounds familiar, seven seasons, two movies, 12 OVAs, and no ending. No ending. The final episode of the show literally ends with Ranma and Akane just going, bye, and that's the end of the show. Now, again, in this defense, the manga did continue after the show ended. I believe the manga actually ended like 10 years ago, and the show ended in like 91, but still. And while that show did have its moments, season six actually had an episode that could have ended the entire show, along with two Coda episodes, two episodes that would have worked as Coda for it. It's basically, it had a slew of annoying characters, one of which was exceptionally annoying because of a, like, laugh tick, which I gotta credit the voice actors for doing a good job with that, at least. There was no ending, and the fact that there's no consistent character development, because sometimes they just kind of reset, not to mention the fact that one of the rivals for Ranma is actually more interesting than Ranma himself, so, from what I hear, Inuyasha has similar issues, as well as an overabundance of filler. And I was not completely looking forward to seeing what I thought of it now. And we're not covering the whole show. Oh, God. Like, I, I don't have the... Maybe I'd be able to make it through some of this, but not 167 episodes. Like, if this show was, like, 26 episodes, I could probably handle it. If it was 13, yeah, definitely I'd be able to handle it. But, no, not 167 episodes. Uh, I don't want to invest that much time into it. Especially the fact that not only is it 167 episodes, it has no ending. There was actually a sequel show created that was another 26 episodes that actually ended it. Hmm. I believe it, that one actually came out after the manga ended. That would explain a lot. Yeah. And though, unlike Ranma, I believe this only had one movie instead okay. of... 12 no, OVA. no, no, there was like three or four. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, 
but here's the thing. None of them have any impact on the series. Hmm. So at least with Rama, the, the OVAs took place apparently later on in the manga, so there actually was character development. But again, even those didn't finish the story, though they did have some good moments. So this anime is a prime example, and this happens on, on, on rare occasion on American shows too, of filler becoming the only thing the show can do. In Japan, attendantly, a manga, a comic book, comes out that becomes exceedingly popular. And, of course, the next step is obviously to make a cartoon of it. Right? Yep. Problem is, if the manga is still running its story or isn't finished, and as Game of Thrones fans have discovered, sometimes TV shows can outpace their source material. And they usually do. So, this... So- Evan has the evidence of filler. Yeah, I- examples of like minor filler would be some of the stalling moments in Dragon Ball Z, where uh, it's the Garfield Junior Saga. Well, I'm just saying those are the minor things. If you're looking for like full-on arcs of filler, yeah, mm-hmm. the Garlic Junior Saga. There's the Other World Tournament arc later on after the Cell Saga. There, there's a lot of stuff. There, Dragon Ball Z actually didn't have too much filler arcs, like stuff that wasn't in the manga. Mm-hmm. But, like, other shows do it, too. Like, apparently in Yu-Gi-Oh!, you know, the whole Cyberworld arc where Noah's the villain? I only know uh, that the Abridged series, yeah. but yes. Yep, uh, that's all filler. That's weird. I don't remember any of this happening in the manga. Yeah. As is the entirety of season four of that show. Yeah. So, so that's, like, more extreme examples of filler. Now, that's not to say this can end well. For example... Fullman Alchemist, it caught up to its manga about halfway through the show, so they decided, screw it, we're going to make our own story. And they did, and it's actually pretty good. Yep. Chrono Crusade did the same thing, too, and I've never read the Chrono Crusade manga, but I really love the anime. The last... I remember when I was watching it, I watched the last 12 episodes the same day because I couldn't stop watching. I had to see what happened next. And apparently all of that was not in the manga. It was all created for the anime. Yeah. That was back when I could binge watch like 12 episodes of an anime in one day. But where this show fails is that it's not only, not only filled with filler, it falls into status quo. And obviously by status quo, I'm saying nothing ever change, truly changes in the story. But what do that means? We'll probably need our first break here, right? Yep, we'll take a quick break and get back to this in just a moment. Inuyasha! Kagome! Inuyasha! Kagome! Inuyasha! Kagome! Inuyasha! Kagome! 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 We're back. Status quo. This is more true of kid shows than adult shows, but essentially it's where after you get everything in, everything set, the show doesn't really do anything. Yes, yeah, it, there's episodes. Yes, it, there's plots in those episodes, but they don't contribute to the any kind of bigger arc. Yeah, uh, Star Trek did this as well. Power Rangers. Like Star- Power. Oh yeah, Power Ninja Rangers. Turtles. Hmm. Um. Transformers. Futurama made fun of this with one of their episodes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. But, like, Star Trek The Next Generation was known for this for a lot of episodes. Star Trek Voyager did this a lot. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, even though that was more story-focused, did this a lot. I believe the TV trope is called Status Quo is God. Yeah. And while Status Quo episodes don't always have to be bad, I mean, look at the Next Generation episode Darmok. There's, it really doesn't affect the rest of the show that I can think of in, like, huge ways, but it's one of the best episodes in the entire series. Right. That's not to say status quo is time-wasted, but as long as it pushes something. Yeah, or as long as it's interesting. You know, yeah. as long as it's fun. I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind a status quo episode if it was at least interesting. But when it's something that just feels like, oh, we had to make this just for filler or something like that, then it's just, you know, padding. And mindless padding is not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially when a show is supposed to be going in a specific direction. Like, with Power Rangers, to be honest, with what they were working with, there was no overarching story for, like, the original season, outside of, like, a few things here and there. So, I mean, almost every single, you know, the majority of the episodes were status quo episodes. But if you take something like Inuyasha, which is supposed to have an overarching plot, which is them going to get the shards of the jewel, that's when the status quo episodes start getting annoying because the plot's not moving anywhere. Well, even when the plot, quote-unquote, moves, nothing ever happens. Yes, they get one or two more shards, but okay, we still don't know how many of there are, are left. Yeah, it's not like in Dragon Ball, in the original Dragon Ball, where they knew there were seven Dragon Balls, and so whenever they got an additional one, you knew they were that one step closer. Yeah. You know? So, the problem with this show is that status quo becomes everything, aside from occasional season finales, which ultimately do nothing when it's all said and done. Yeah. The show does Ronma not... was guilty. Ronma was guilty of this too. That show ran on status quo a lot too. Yeah. So this show is just notorious for it. Yeah. So. All right. So down. So what we did, we didn't watch a huge chunk of this show because, yeah, it, it, no matter how like we can't watch an entire season cover. We're not doing another. Uh, we're not doing carcoils with this one. No. <laughs> no. Um. But we did watch the first three episodes up on Hulu. We watched the dub of it. So for all of you, like, oh, you need to watch the sub. I don't care. No, no. If, if, a, if a dub of a show is competently done, then I don't need to watch the subtitled version. Moreover, I'm with uh, Bennett the Sage on this first anime reviews. If the problem with subs is that if you have to stop, read the subtitle, you make him lose critical blink and you miss it moments or sometimes the the words cover up important shot details. Yeah. Dubs I, are I also, around. I like dubs better for that effect. Yeah. I, I sometimes look at it as I'll see a line in the subtitle version and I'm too busy reading it to notice how the character said the line. Uh-huh. So sometimes the line will come off differently than what was intended. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all right, so we watched the first three episodes of the show, and right from the beginning, I, know, I discovered something about the Hulu version of the show. Um, sometimes when anime is brought over from Japan, not all the music is licensed, which, some, you know, licensing issues, you have to pay for it. Dragon Ball Z originally had none of the original soundtrack, which 
I don't know the exact reason for it. Maybe it was licensing fees, and at the time Funimation was a smaller company. Maybe they just wanted to try to change it to their own thing. Who, who really knows? Now, granted, the other issue could have been like Dragon Ball Z. There's a lot of scenes in that show where there's just dead silence. And if you watch a lot of kids' shows, there's usually music going on almost all the time in like action scenes. And there's a lot of action scenes in Dragon Ball Z where there's just silence in the background. But anyway, so when I first booted it, when I first watched the first episode, there was just this weird generic orchestral track playing over the opening credits, which, yes, it sounds like something out of the actual show. It is, I checked, so. Okay. It's kind but, of a general, general background. Yeah. But it's... It feels, yeah, it's just like a background track that they threw in, and it barely fit with the footage that was being shown. And as anyone who's watched anime or just any show in general, the opening to a show should set the mood and kind of get you interested in it. You know, it usually contains an original song created for the show. Some shows use licensed stuff, like licensed J-pop songs, or they'll just get a known J-pop star to sing it. Um, like, Dragon Ball Z has, you know, Chala Head Chala, which is, like, iconic for that show at this point. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop Head Tank. Yeah. You know, so it's supposed to set the mood for the show. Well, I decided to go and look, go like, no, this can't be the actual opening track. And I don't know if this was used at one point as it, but I found out the real opening, or like the main opening song to this show, is called Change the World by a group called V6. And maybe there were licensing issues, I don't know. It's not the greatest track, you know, it's no tank. It's no Chala Head Chala. It doesn't match up to a lot of other anime tracks I've heard. But it's not bad. And what it does do, though, is actually goes along with the footage really well. And it was just kind of like a poor way to start things, you know? It's like a bad first impression of like, oh, God, we're already starting. And not even like the opening credits, which is sometimes some of the best parts of a show, mm-hmm. is not all that good. Well, I mean, but, hell, the opening theme song, The Full Metal Alchemist, definitely drew me in. Yeah. The first one, uh, Ready, Go. But that was the second. Well, it was the first. Well, the first one you heard. Right. Yeah. No, all four of them were really good. Rewrite was really good. Undo was really good. I can't remember what the first one. Point is that. Yeah. This this series does not have the best of music. No, and even like for all the complaints I had about Rama, the season one opening song is also semi iconic with that show, and it was really good. So we're just starting off on a bad foot here. The first episode, like the first just couple minutes. Before just we get like into a... that, actually, I was gonna hmm. talk about the characters. But would you rather do episode reviews first? Let's go over the first episode first. Okay. So this way we introduce the character. You know, the characters can at least be introduced. Fair enough. No. So the first episode, like it starts off with just moving, 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 moving really fast. Which, if the if the show itself had like a really fast pace to it. You know, it would be a little bit hard to follow, but at least that'd be one thing. But literally, the first few minutes are super fast, and all of a sudden, the show, like, hits a brick wall and then just starts slowly moving. Uh-huh. It's like someone slammed on the brakes. Yeah. So it starts up, Inuyasha grabs this jewel that we don't know anything about, is killed. Okay, so it's not all bad. Well, he gets and better. Then, but... Yeah, he gets better later on. And then the girl who shoots him does permanently die. And sort of. she fa- comes back later. Yeah. Fast forward. Yes. Yeah. Fast forward to modern day, day Japan, because okay, 
And I, I love the fact we meet Kagome, whose name isn't even mentioned until like 16 minutes into the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, she lives in a house where the setup for this really looks like the Tendo household in Romno One Half, which was like the main setting for that. She's grabbed by a demon and pulled into a well. Just go with it. Wakes up in feudal Japan and finds Inuyasha still pinned to a tree by an arrow and wrapped up there by roots. And what's the first thing she does? She fondles his doggy ears. Hi, that's not creepy. Yeah. Um, she molests a corpse. Okay, quasi-corpse. No, still not as bad as, you know, the scene in Sonic 06 where a corpse Yeah, 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 we know. But still, this is just bleh. Like, I don't even know. And the main problem at this point is you knew nothing about Kagome as a character. So the fact that she, you know she's been transported into another time, which that's fine if the viewer understands something before the character does. Yeah. But... I don't feel anything for this character. Like, I don't care about the fact that she's gone back in time. But we'll get to that. Uh, On a side note, the audio mixing for the dub is actually kind of poor. I don't know if this has the same problem in the subtitled version, but it's sometimes very hard to hear what the characters are saying. Uh, Kagome then meets up with a bunch of villagers, including the Elder, who apparently was this little kid in the very beginning of the show. Uh... Her name is... They they pronounce it Kaede. I won't go into this, but they call her Kaede. I think it's supposed to be pronounced Kaede. I don't know, man. Yeah, that... Anyway. Suddenly, the demon that pulled Kagome into the well attacks, and suddenly Inuyasha wakes up. Because, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we kind of get a semi-you-killed-me moment where he goes, I smell the blood of the woman that killed me. Huh. Finally, we find out what Kagome's name is, and we get a moment where the the titular jewel bursts out of her rib cage, blood everywhere. Well, it's ripped more like it's ripped out, but yeah. And she's perfectly fine; like she doesn't even notice it. It's only a and there's like a, yeah, there's like a you see like a little hole in her shirt, but that's about it. And then Inuyasha, like, does he? T- no, he yeah, then he does he get the power up in this one and kill the monster is that episode 2. Uh I'm checking, but Yeah, okay, so yeah, he yeah, then he... she helps break Unuyasha free and then he kills the monster and goes, "Now give me the jewel or I'll kill you." What a twist. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode, which to be fair, considering he's supposed to be the titular character and possibly the hero, yeah. actually not a bad plot twist. No. So the but second episode we'll, uh we'll we'll get into the in just after a quick break. I'd rather watch Naruto Vegeta. Oh please, if I wanted to watch over a hundred episodes of filler, I'd watch Inuyasha. Alright, we're back. One thing I actually have to point out that I kinda liked when the second episode started, uh, was that the previously on narrative um is narrated by Kagome in first person. And, you know, that's a nice change-up from, like, the random narrator in Dragon Ball Z. So, eh, that's not bad. Yeah. So, (laughs) this episode starts with Inuyasha trying to kill Kagome, and why he can't just do it is is not explained to us. But Kaede throws a magical necklace on Inuyasha, 
and tells Kagome, you must say the magic words and he'll be subdued. And so she looks up at him, remembers that he has dog ears, and then shouts, Sit, boy! And all of a sudden, the thing, bam, he hits the ground. Yeah. Uh, which I have a lot to say but, on this, but... Yeah, by the, the moment, way, this turn... It's, it's a running gag, for the record, folks. It becomes a running gag, and... <sighs> we then go back to the village, and suddenly Kagome is wounded. But she didn't even notice it, but now that the bandage is being applied, it's, ow! Ow! Okay, then. Yeah. On on the plus side, they actually do keep the continuity of her shirt being ripped right there. So I'll give them that. I'll give the animators that. Mm-hmm. And she then wanders off and gets kidnapped by bandits because... No, we need another action scene. I guess so. Inuyasha saves her. Time is kind of wasted. Oh, a demon bird grabs the jewel and it's up to our quote-unquote, heroes to stop it. Uh, at the po- at this point, I actually wrote, I really hope this isn't the plot for every episode. Yeah. Well, on the one hand, it's not. And then Kagome accidentally shatters the jewel. Oops. She does this by shooting it. It was not intentional, certainly, but... Did I do that? So, this episode... The only important thing that happens in it is Inu, or the only important things that happen are Inuyasha getting the collar and the jewel shattering. Everything else is basically filler. So, about this necklace that they put on him. Disregarding the other members of the main squad that show up at the end of the by the end of the first season. Mm. So no Sango, no Maruku here. And I am borrowing from the stage here, ignoring the issue that Kagome is a minor. At 15 years old. You know, that, that Japan's a little messed up on that. And the yeah. fact that she wear, continues to wear her schoolgirl uniform everywhere in feudal Japan. Because, <laughs> again, Japan's messed up like that. Because blending in is stupid. Right. One of the major points of Inuyasha and Kagome's relationship is while there is certainly mutual attraction, and this is not just because Kagome is allegedly the reincarnation of his ex-girlfriend, Kikyo, that's a little creepy. Oh, they were actually an item at one point? Yes. Oh, that would explain a lot. Oh, there's this, Glad that was explained. There's this magical MacGuffin necklace that around Inuyasha ne- ne- that lets Kagome punish him by throwing him right to the ground with a word at any time. I will point this out, though. The reason for having something like this does at least make sense, as in he's not, like, the total good hero. Okay. So they needed something to kind of keep him under control. Fine. So I... I get the idea. Fine. I do get... That's but fine. In movie three, the necklace is removed by huh. a demon force, and Kagome puts another one on him. He... Inuyasha <coughs> even protests this, saying, by this point, don't you trust me? Wow. So, look... Nope, because character development is pointless. All right. Let's pretend the genders are reversed for just one second. Suddenly, the idea of a man being able to punish a woman... And the slightest thought is chilling. But the fact, that, the fact that a woman is able to do it to a man, and this is played for laughs. Look, the issue of spousal abuse is not one to joke around with, but this series is twilight level of dumb stupid for modern gender relations. But even then, when we get actually get our full main traveling group, we don't have just one will-they-or-won't-they main couple. We have two. <laughs> 
with Sango and Moroku. And the same issue it happens in the other one. They're both, at the very least, emotionally abusive, if not physically abusive, from the women towards the men. And I can remember an episode where Moroku is possessed by a demon, and that possessing spirit uses him to attack Sanko. Everyone's core reaction, since they're not realizing he's possessed, is that they're, quote, not surprised, and I have been expecting him to be a wife-beater all along. <laughs> this series is stupid. This is Twilight See, level of stupid. See, Ranma had not stuff like this, but... So they had, like, the comical stuff where, like, Ranma and Akane were supposed to be, like, the main couple of the show, but don't get along right away. And I'm better built to boot. <laughs> and they would do, like, the hammer-out-of-nowhere gag for her. Like, she'd, she'd bash him over the head with it and things like that. He never attacked her, but he always knew a way to piss her off, and so she would smack him. But she was also a martial artist and was shown as a competent fighter. Not as good as him, but, yeah. But a lot of goofy stuff like that happened in that show. Granted, it also had a character that was like the typical old pervert who goes around stealing women's underwear, but, yeah. Anime. <laughs> Why is it always the old man? Anyway, I, I get the idea behind it. In the beginning of the show, it at least makes sense because they don't trust him, and to be honest, they shouldn't trust him. Yeah. So in that case, it does make sense. It would have made sense for as the show progresses, she uses on him it on him less and less. Maybe once in a while for co- for like a joke, that's fine. No, it's but, once per episode at least. Oh God. Yeah, if they would have used it less and less, and like once in a blue moon as a joke, even after that, like if it did something stupid or they, I don't know. But, and then eventually at one point she does take it off him. Maybe like an earlier moment she does take it off him and he proves he's not actually trustworthy yet and they have to put it back on. And then finally they reach a point where they do take it off him and he's just, it's just out of the show. That would have made sense. That would have been, you know, story progression. All right, the show doesn't do that. Never mind. No, of course not. <sighs> All right, so episode three starts with Kagome bathing because... Japan. I, because, okay. Because we really need to see that. Yeah, there there was plenty of that in Ranma. Trust me, there's plenty of that in Ranma. Which, some of it was actually kind of funny, like when Ranma first turns into a girl. <laughs> so, she then does narration and introduces herself. We know who you are. We've already watched two episodes of this. Say what you want about the narrator of last time on Dragon Ball Z. It was quick and to the point. This This goes on a long time. Yeah. And it's like a weird... I I could not tell if it was an actual recap or if it was her just going, this is what happened to me. I'm not actually talking to anybody. So, the jewel's been broken into pieces, but hey, no rush to actually do anything about it, guys. And uh, I, I do like the comment of, like, how many pieces did it break into? A hundred? A thousand? Who knows? Which, I'm pretty sure that was the creator's response to the question of, how many episodes is the show going to be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the main mechanic of the show, getting the jewel shorts, doesn't crop up till the third episode. Yeah. I can't think of any anime I've watched 
even one that's like super long, like One Piece, which apparently is like 700 episodes. Oh my god. Dear god. But that show at least got to the point after, during the first episode you knew what the pot what the idea of the show was. Okay. Here's Here's the thing. We have watched a lot of shows between the two of us and no one short of like an extended movie for the first episode goes three episodes in and the the main plot hasn't been really established. By the end of it, Full Metal Alchemist Episode 2, we are introduced to Edit Now, we see what they can do, and we have a gen- general idea of, of what, they're general, what they're trying to do. Yeah. And even in shows that don't have like an overarching story, like Dragon Ball Z had different arcs. There was no overarching end-of-show idea. Which is fine, though, because that show, the first episode is reintroducing the characters and helping people who haven't seen Dragon Ball understand who the characters are. But Raditz is introduced in the very first episode, and by episode two, you know what the basic plot for the next couple episodes will be, which is Raditz kidnaps Gohan, Goku needs to save him. Right. And then it, like, just naturally goes from there. So, I mean, not all shows have, like, a very long overarching plot, like... I'm not a big Naruto fan, even though I enjoy the recent games that have come out because they're just a lot of fun. But I remember from the first few episodes of that show, there at least was an ongoing story for it. You know, it was Naruto as a trainee ninja and is learning to wants to become a, you know, one of the grand ninjas there. The plot has been explained. And that show is ridiculously long and even has a show that continued the story like years later. And that show finally just ended, I think, last year or something. Actually, no, it might have been earlier this year, because I remember Dragon Ball Z Abridged made the joke where Goku went, I was also having a ninja dream, but it ended. (laughs) But we'll we'll continue with with episode three right after a quick break. So what the heck's the matter with you this time? Don't tease me! They were right there! Those scary ghosts, you idiot, back there! Jeez, you don't have to make a big production out of it. Why don't you just come out and say it? Okay, so, yeah, this show is definitely easily identifiable from the creator of Ranma 1.5. We have a joke that is essentially straight out of Ranma. Kagome casually walked out of the water with no clothes on. Inuyasha just happened to look over at her, and she gets pissed, even though she should have been paying attention to what she was walking out of. Yeah. So, this happened in Ranma a lot. He'd walk in on Akane on accident, and then she'd punch him through a wall. Which, that was funny the first couple of times. And then they say Kagome is the only one that can find the shards, which, that's not explained. Does she have a power? Do they actually explain this? Not not to my knowledge. I I mean, I get, maybe it's because she's the reincarnation, they said she's like the reincarnation of that Kikyo woman, but, yeah, I'm just thinking of that on myself. Maybe in the manga they explain it. Random cut to a creepy ninja girl on a top amount of skulls. And back to Kagome and Inuyasha. They're just standing there and talking, okay? That's all they're doing. Ninja girl shows up. I don't know what her name is. I didn't hear it. She says it, but the bad audio mixing muted it. She uses strands of hair to Pinocchio the hell out of the village because... Which means that she grabs control of innocent humans and controls them. 
and we don't care because nobody in this show has been established, let alone the main characters. She wants the jewel, because, or the jewel shards, because everyone does. Kagome falls back into the well. Inuyasha tries fighting the ninja girl. And the episode ends with Kagome back in her own time with no consequences whatsoever on her end. So, does she really have a reason to go back? No. Is it actual time travel and she screwed up the future? No idea. No. Probably not. This, and you know what's even worse? The main party that forms status quo of the other seasons isn't even fully together till the end of season one. I'm, you know, I'm actually fine with that. Is like One Piece actually slowly introduced the characters, hmm. but the main difference between the way One Piece did it and the way this show has been doing it so far is when One Piece one would introduce one character at a time, once in a while, two at once, but they would actually give you an idea of who the character was. They wouldn't always just introduce their backstory right off the bat, but you would get an idea of who the character was. Like, when you first meet Luffy in the first episode, you understand who he is. He's a relatively goofy character, but he has a goal. He wants to be the king of the pirates, and he's got superpowers. There. You understand his basic personality. Now he can grow as a character. In the very second episode, you meet Zoro. You immediately realize... He's a badass. He can kick people's asses with swords. There you go. He, and he grows from there. And it's not until, like, they actually go, I think, like, 50 episodes and hundreds of episodes before additional members of the crew are added, which is fine because it grows the cast, and this way you're not just stuck with the same people for 700 episodes. But in this show's case, the, one of the main problems with this right away, within just the first three episodes, is the two main characters, Inuyasha and Kagome, have no real defined personalities. I don't know anything about these two characters. I can't care about these characters, you know, if, if I don't know anything about them. Or if I don't, you know, I don't even care at this point. Like, I don't want to know more about them, because I don't think there really is anything more to know about them. And of the two, Inuyasha at least has somewhat of an established character. He comes off as a bit of a jerk and wants the jewel to become a full demon. Okay, fine. That's at least something. But personality-wise, basic as it is, he comes off just like early Ranma. And I know I've mentioned this a couple times, but it bears repeating. At this point, Inuyasha is basically Ranma Saotome with dog ears. Same voice actor, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. The the voice actor for Inuyasha is the guy who took over for Ranma starting in season four for the rest of that show. That's, like, the main problem, so is nobody has any personalities, no has, has anything interesting about them. Like, Kagome has no personality. Uh-huh. I understand, yeah, yes, at points she's just dumbfounded, which, that's understandable. She doesn't know what's going on. Again, it's understandable. But other than that, it's what... Who is she? Like, if this show really wanted to do the slow burn of slowly introducing stuff and doing 167 friggin' episodes, fine. Dedicate the first couple episodes to introducing and get helping us get to know who these characters are then. Yeah. And at least, you know, Rama, for all its problems, at least established the characters' personalities in the first episode. And unlike Ranma and Akane where you could see there was at least something there early on, Inuyasha and Kagome have no chemistry together. 
and there's no reason why they should have any on-screen chemistry together. I don't know, man. You know, and there's a lot of filler in this, just scenes that serve no purpose, like the bandits. Yep. Her bathing for no reason. At least they do. I actually kind of appreciate the fact that they say her clothes needed to get washed off. I'm like, okay, at least that much. And the hole in her shirt was still there, so at least there was some continuity and things like that. But again, like I said, I could I could forgive this slow burn if we were at least learning about the characters. Like I don't mind if the main idea for the show doesn't kick off right away if something productive is happening, you know. And yeah. like I said, One Piece, which is a far longer show was able to do this with each character, and then as the show progresses, you learn more about the characters. And some of them, you actually had to wait a little bit before a full arc would appear before you really learn who the character was and more about them. Like, you don't really know everything about the character Nami until, I think, like 30 episodes into the show. But when it happens, it's a huge payoff, and it's really good. It's the first really amazing story arc of that show. Uh, on a positive note, <laughs> I actually like the closing credits for the show, and no, not because the episodes were over. Well, that's also true. Yeah, well, granted, I was glad they were over, but I, I honestly like the closing song. It was called My Will by Mai Matsumoro, uh, which is in the Hulu version, and the animation itself isn't that bad. It cuts between Kagome in modern-day Japan and the feudal-era characters, and like the visuals were really nice. I don't think it, it's as good as other closing songs and animations from other anime, uh, like one of the highlights being Midori Day's closing animation and song, but eh, not bad. We'll take a quick break and get back to this in just a moment. Oh, too bad you fall in Nanyuichuan. Spring of Drowned Girl. They are very tragic legend of young girl who drowned in spring 1,500 years ago. Now, whoever fall in the spring, take a body of a young girl. <laughs> Alright, so now that we've covered basically like the story, let's cover the stuff that's not story-based, or like not character-based. The animation in this show. Mm. This show looks bad. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, it was started in 2000... But the animation barely looks better than the late stuff in Ranma One Half, which, like I said, that show ended in like 1990. Yeah. There's numerous animation shortcuts, such as they just use After Effects to the still images, blur effects of like just static images moving along. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z pulled this stuff, and believe me, that show has plenty of its own animation gaps. But again, that show was started and ended in the late 80s and early 90s. So there was a lot less technology back then. They, you know, they had to take shortcuts sometimes. And when they did have big moments in the show, at least it looked really good. This show, the first episode doesn't look all that nice. And usually the first episode is going to have the best team working on it. I don't know. Sometimes animes are great with shoestring budgets. Yeah. This is true. I, I don't know. I just, it feels like, like when you're, at the very least, the first episode should be something a little bit more you know, started off on the right foot. But then there's also the music in this show, which, I, is, look, I enjoy Dragon Ball Z, I'll freely say, and I don't, like, I know a lot of people like the Japanese version of it, I don't really care for the Japanese version of Dragon Ball Z as much, because there's very little music, 
and like the same tracks feel like they're used over and over, and there's not that many. I do like some of the insert songs, I will admit, like Gohan going Super Saiyan 2 is like one of the greatest moments in the show, and the Japanese version hit it perfectly, mainly because they used some silence and then the song that they used for it. But the music in this show, there's like barely anything there. Like, Pete, did you notice any of the music in this show? The only thing I noticed was related to the what they replaced the opening music with, the mm-hmm. general kind of background soundtrack. That that kind of it's kind of almost high pitched at points Japanese yeah. music, but that's about it. I know there was music during the show because there were points where I couldn't hear the characters talking because the music went over them. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember what any of it sounded like. Like none of it stood out. Music really needs to you know be there to set the mood for any scene in any not not just anime but like anything music really if music is used it should be important you know uh-huh. it shouldn't just be like window dressing and i mean like my favorite anime is angelic layer and one of my one of the reasons why i really love that show is because the soundtrack for that show is really really good like the opening and ending songs are really good for it and the songs used in the show are very good and help set the mood Like, there's a song off the soundtrack, Divine Battle 2, which is used during the final episode of the show, and it really has, like, the final, like, the final fight in it has this real impact to it, and it helps tell the story of it, too. There's a pivotal moment in the second episode, in the first episode of the show, where Inuyasha is freed and then just kills the centipede demon woman who nobody could hurt, and he just beats the living hell out of her, and then, like, slices her in half, which was kind of brutal looking. But I don't remember the music that was used. Whereas, say, the Hyperdimension Neptunia OVA, they took one of the tracks from Neptunia Victory, the third game, and did a remix of it. It was Yellow Hearts theme. And it comes in when that character shows up to save a couple of the other characters, and it's triumphant, it's fast, it's loud, it makes the scene feel suitably epic. It really adds to it. And, like, when the villains in the show are introduced, there's nothing. Like, Pete, what's one of the most iconic parts of Full, Full Metal Alchemist for the character Scar? When he just basically shows up and starts serial killing out the state alchemists. And you remember the song that was used during that, right? No, but I'm sure I would recognize it if I looked it up. The, the song that they used for that was really good. It was really impactful. And it, if you listen to it off the soundtrack, it has like a good build-up to it. And then kicks in, when it kicks into the main part, it really has a good impact. And that really helped when Scar first showed up and killed Brigadier Gron. Mm-hmm. As for like the closing of the show, they said I liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It was just okay. I think good closing credits should help give you a nice way to close out the show. Well, I have to wonder and, if... Um... Japan still does closing credits. I mean, like most modern cartoons, you don't even get closing credits music anymore. They just kind of shutter the credits to the, a bar at the bottom of so they can start no, the they next do. show. They do. Oh. Um, but because in Japan, that's like a big part of – it's at least a big part of anime is the closing credits because the closing credits always have like a big song for them. More recent anime, um, Danganronpa, which just mm-hmm. came out a couple years ago had like a really good finale song for it or hyperdimension neptunia had not one not two but three different songs that were used during the credits the main one that they used was really good and was like nice fun and bouncy 
And they also used the ending track from the second Neptunia game because they were recreating, like, the plot from that one. And then they also used a really, really sad song, which created the tearjerker moment in episode 10 and made me cry. Thanks, guys. Wimp. Thanks for making your <laughs> thanks for making your happy show to tearjerker. And no, I'm not the only one. There were like every single response to that episode was this made me cry. Aka the creators are monster, are cruel monsters. And like the ending music to like Hyperdimension Neptunia is like one of my favorites. And granted, I'm a huge Neptunia fan, but it's also like one of the iconic parts of the anime. And like the the closing animation is really funny. It's really cute like the rest of the show is, outside of the tearjerker moments. <laughs> what, I guess what I'm getting at is just the fact that music needs to be a defining part of it, needs to be a big part of it, and not just, like, window dressing, you know? It's just not something that where it's there, but you don't notice it. It would help the show. It would help, like, the serious moments. It would help the comedy moments. Well, I mean, I was recently watching the Arnold Conan the Barbarian recently, and it, it occurred to me, just watching it, how much of that cl- the classical soundtrack really builds the, the atmosphere for it. So you're right in that look, respect. Yeah, or heck, look at like the original Star Wars movies, like how important the music was in those, and even like in some of the newer ones, and mm-hmm. three, maybe not so much, but <laughs> three just kind of felt like a big mess, but I just think music needs to be a big part of it. It should really... That that should be one of the things you take away, especially if, you know, most anime, you can buy the soundtracks, and there should be a reason for you to want to buy the soundtrack. So, what's your overall opinion of Inuyasha after it's all said and done? These three episodes are not very good. They're not interesting. They don't make me want to watch the rest of the show. Maybe the show does get better. I have spoken with people who like the show, and they say, yes, it does get better, and I was just talking with someone the other day where he said it does get better. And I said, you know, I'm not willing to invest the time of 167 episodes. And he did admit, you know, that is And fair. a second series. Yeah. And a second series. Yeah. Like if a show, if the show was 13 episodes and I watched like the first three and they stunk and I was told, oh, episode four is where it really gets good. Yeah, I'd be a little irritated of, oh, God, you know, the, what were the first three episodes for? But then, you know what, I would be willing to go back and try again because there'd only be ten more episodes. It's not that big of a time sink. But there's no reason to continue watching the show. The characters are shallow. The story isn't interesting and has barely gone anywhere. The animation isn't very good, so it's not, at least, it's not even interesting to look at. I mean, the original Helsing anime stunk because the plot turned into a total mess, but at least the animation was cool-looking, so it was at least fun to look at. The dub's audio mixing is bad, which, yes, I know I could fix that by watching the sub-version, but whatever. Yeah, we've and been over that. The ba- yeah. yeah, the background music might as well not even be there. There is nothing that makes me want to keep watching this show, and that's the problem. It's kind of like with video games that start off like a train wreck, and then you're told, like, oh, it gets better later. Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's like, well, why can't it just start off good and keep getting better from there? For me, this is the worst of status quo animes that have ever been released. Say what you want about Pokemon. At least the cast changes characters now and then, which kind of resets the emotional interaction between all of them. Hell, the original generation of Ninja Turtles, like I mentioned is status quo, but it was at least self-aware about it. They would make fun of it. They, you know, they mentioned, oh, it's like, oh, this is the fourth episode this has happened, or, you know, and all yeah. the characters would do this. Yeah, and as much as, like, the original Power Rangers stuff got really, 
you know, was very status quo heavy. From what I've seen in um, Linkara's History of Power Rangers videos, the, a lot of the seasons actually do end up having overarching stories, and they become less status quo based. Yeah. Maybe this show, like, I know you've seen the show, I haven't. Maybe there is something that would keep me watching later on, but I watched through all of Ranma and just ended up disappointed. No. And I don't want to go through 167 episodes and then 26 additional ones just to be disappointed again. Honestly, I don't think there is really anything to compel, keep you compelled. Uh, keep you coming back. I don't know. So, is that everything? Yeah, that's the first three episodes. Yeah. All right. So, now that I forced you to watch something I know you hate, and I realized how much I hated it after all this... What are you going to do to me in response? <laughs> That's fair, it's fair. <laughs> well, next episode... Wait, next? There was a show with the word next in the title, wasn't there? What? The next something or other... Oh, wait, hang on. Please don't. Is It had, it had this character that everyone hates... Oh, oh, I know. Please don't. <laughs> Very next episode, we're going to cover a few episodes from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. Oh. <laughs> you know, I only take solicits knowing that how much you you like the turtles as well. This is going to hurt you, too. No, sometimes you just got to hurt yourself in the process. It's like using self-destruct in Pokemon. Ah, oh, dang it, Vegeta. You self-destruct. I hate it when they do that. Thank you for that. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>